Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. It's March, and that can only mean one thing, madness. We get you ready for the 2023 NCAA Tournament by giving our outlook for Indiana and Purdue, filling out our brackets, and by predicting who will cut down the nets in Houston this April. Hope you enjoy. Love doing this podcast every year. Um, absolutely in, enjoy it just because, you know, this is the first week that the bra- filling out the brackets, the lead up to the opening round of the tournaments got always so much joy, so much anticipation. It just, you know, it's it's going to be so much fun to watch, so much fun to get into the weeds here. Uh, one of my, like I said, one of my favorite podcasts, I, I mean, heck, I know a couple of years ago we had to do without, which was sad. We did our uh, fast food bracket that year. That was really good. But Oh, but that was amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, that bracket was a lot of fun to fill out, too. Just filling out brackets in general is a lot of fun. I mean, I think we should have a bracket about our favorite years of brackets. <laughs> our fa- Yeah, I like that. We- <laughs> if I could remember all the brackets I filled out, but, you know. Yeah, but yeah, excited for the tournament this year. Um, you the only two representatives from um Indiana are Purdue and IU, which is a little disappointing. There's a ch- outside shot that Indiana State could be there. Um, Ball State, I I'm glad I didn't let my let me. I'm glad I didn't get my hopes up because I feel like they. I feel like their season. It's kind of like the Pacers uh were for a few years there, where it seems like the same season just keeps playing out. Where like. Ball State mm-hmm. is is like supposed to do really well, and they have this great season, and it looks promising. And then they end up by the time the dust settles, they end about third or fourth in the MAC, and they lose in the first round. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's just what keeps happening on repeat. But B Scott, I mean, can you believe it? It's already time for the tournament. I know. I well, no, I I can't believe it. <laughs> we we have reached the top of the hill. Uh, as far as March Madness goes, I remember I thought I back in January, I completely I was all eyes were on March already. And I thought I completely skipped over the month of February. Yeah. So in, in what I was thinking about everything I had to get done. So, yeah, it's here. Uh, it's now it's just let's get the ball rolling and let's crown us some champions. We have it's a crazy month. There's a lot of brackets flowing we got the men's bracket we got the women's bracket and we've also got the wrestling bracket this week too so the brackets are a plenty right now yeah i'm dreaming of brackets (laughs) to be honest i got brackets on the brain oh yeah well let's not wait any further here um like i said two representatives from the state of indiana in this tournament iu and purdue um and you know you look at you look at purdue here number five uh, in the country going into the tournament, they're uh, 28 and five on the season, 29 and five, uh, 15 and five in the Big East. They had wins over Big East champion Marquette this season, WCC champion number nine Gonzaga, uh, ACC champion number 21 Duke. They were the number one team in the country for a solid chunk of the season. Uh, they were 22 and one through the end of January, but their February and March, March, they hit a little bit of a rocky road. I mean, they were uh, six and four. Or they went seven and four going into uh sorry they were seven and four after winning the Big Ten yesterday uh they uh went four and four in their final eight regular season games 
Uh, they did, like I said, win the Big Ten tournament uh, on Sunday over Penn State. They won the regular season title as well. Um, on the IU side, they're number 19. Uh, they were 22 and 11, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten. Their biggest non conference win. I mean, we talked about going into the season what their year could look like uh, with games against Arizona, UNC, um, teams like that. But their biggest non conference win turned out to be over number 15, Xavier, uh, the Big East runner up. Uh, they did have, they did beat UNC, but UNC, of course, did not make the tournament this year. Um, they swept Purdue for the first time since 2012, 2013. So 10 years since that's happened. Uh, they went six and three through. February and March, but they did lose to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament and semifinals. Um, so those are their two seasons. Um, Purdue, I think, exceeded our expectations, at least exceeded mine. I know Beast got it before the season started. You were a little bit more optimistic. Uh, we we thought the uh, potential for uh, IU was to get here, get a decent seed, um, and you know potentially make a run. I think they've done that. So we have two in schools from the state of Indiana that can – conceivably make a pretty solid run into the tournament. So I thought that would be an interesting place to kind of jump off um, on this podcast. Now that the bracket is out, who do we have the most confidence in? Who do we think goes further? And, you know, I look at IU and Purdue. I think they both can make deep runs into the tournament. Like I said, Um, I think I have more confidence in IU making the sweet 16. IU's run goes through number 13, Kent state, and then the winner of number five, Miami, and then uh, Drake. I think there's a possibility Drake could pull an upset um, in that game. Yeah, that was that's, a tough one for me to pick. That That's one of the potential 5-12s I think could happen. Uh, Miami did make a deeper run, um, but I don't want to say – I mean, the ACC is still a good conference, but they're not as strong as they were in years past, so I don't know what Miami being a five seed from the ACC that necessarily means. I don't think it's necessarily as – you know, maybe the Miami team we've seen in the past or even an ACC team we've seen in the past. So I think I think the road for IU to potentially get to the Sweet 16 is a little bit, I don't want to say easier than Purdue because Purdue's a one, it's oh, a one it seed. But in a way, there's a lot more, I think, there's a lot hurdles more hurdles for Purdue. for Purdue as far as being the one seed and playing some of those lower seeds that are, yes, they're lower seeds, but they're also pretty scrappy and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. So I think I think both teams will make it to the Sweet 16. But as far as going further, um, you know, I think Purdue ultimately goes further because I think the biggest thing standing in IU's way, IU fans, I know you'll all get ripped in the in the comment sections, but you're not getting past Houston, man. If you if if you make but it, it all depends. Is Houston star player that missed the AAC? championship game against memphis is he healthy is he playing i mean he's if he doesn't play the first two rounds okay he's got more time to heal up that's 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 big if he's not able to go then that helps but then you got to run into a buzzsaw potentially of texas in the elite eight yeah so I mean, uh, I, I I mean, yeah. So they could they get past Houston? Great. I don't think they they will. Um, I think Purdue. Uh, you know, you know, should they get past kind of some of the gauntlet that they've got to go through? I think I think I have more faith in them going further. So I think I'm more confident in IU making the Sweet 16, but I think ultimately Purdue goes further. Uh, just because I I don't you know Purdue doesn't have to face a team of the caliber of a Houston until obviously you start getting into the Final Four and the Sweet or the Elite Eight and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's 
whew, this is not it's not easy for Purdue. I mean, you look at what Purdue's got. Okay, their first round either Texas Southern or Farley Dickinson. Well, both of those teams are very small. I think. Well, so think here's the Texas. Texas here's Southern, the, like their tallest player is six eight. Well, here's the funny thing about that matchup. So you've got a Farley Dickinson team. We'll get into this their matchup here in a little bit later. But you've got a Farley Dickinson team that didn't even win their conference tournament. The only reason they got in was because uh, the team that won their conference tournament is not eligible for postseason play. And then you have a Texas Southern team that was fourteen and twenty that won their conference tournament. So I mean. Now, granted, this is going to be, you know, famous last words. Who knows? Watch, this will be the 16 over the one UMBC. For the second time. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but, I if mean. There, if there's it, a one seed out there that could have, that would have happened to, it's definitely Purdue with right. their luck come March. Right. But, so, I think, really, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better, I mean, look. No. What, no, no one's, neither one's, one of those teams, neither one of those teams has any answer for Zach Eady. No. Well, I was going to say. Look, I know 116 matchups are always, you know, tough no matter what. Or as far as like they're, I mean, for the 16 seed, like they're always, you know, they, oh, oh, I should search that the other way. They're always going to be an easy matchup, but I don't can't, I can't prepare hey, an easier seeds, matchup than that. I, how many times have we seen a 16 seed come out swinging and firing on all cylinders and um, they're just not able to keep up that the pace that they start off with? And it's yeah. like, I'm, I usually you're watching that score bug in the top corner of a game that you're currently watching. And you're like, that 16 seed is playing that one seed really close. And then it's like, they get to the midway through the second half yeah. or early in the second half. And it's like, okay, there yeah. it goes. That's It'll exactly be like, how we expected it's it like, to go. It's like 33 to 29 at halftime. And then like, you see the final score and it's like 84 to 50 and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. But I mean, it's, Purdue's got a, is a got a challenge, and of course everybody's picking the upset special in the second round of Memphis over Purdue. But don't sleep on FAU against Memphis. FAU is a has a a seven one center. Memphis goes as far as their um, their star guard goes, and if he's not shooting very well, or they 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 can't seem to overcome adversity, is from what I understand about this team. So don't sleep on. FAU, it's going to be a tough matchup in the second round regardless for Purdue. Um, what's so funny to me is that everybody is saying, there's no way Purdue can get out of this. Duke is in their region. Duke is in their region. And everybody's like, Duke is just going to steamroll them. Like, do you all not remember that Purdue absolutely boat raced Duke back in November? Yeah. Did, did that <laughs> slip all of our minds? Like, Am I, did I dream that? Like, am I the, it's weird. Well, I'm now, sure it's I all will the... say most of it is coming from the ESPN side of things. And ESPN is not happy right now with the big 10, obviously, because of the new TV deal that ESPN did not get the rights to the big 10 games anymore. So, <laughs> so it's not super surprising that they're all on board. I mean, of course they're always going to be on board with the ACC and Duke, but it's like we all forgot about that. I mean, it, it does help Purdue in the fact that two of the better teams in their bracket, they have already beaten this year in Marquette and Duke. Those are their two of their big, their big wins. I mean, then you got Gonzaga as well. But yeah, it's definitely as far as like between Purdue and IU, um, IU definitely has the easier path to make it further. But 
I still have more confidence in Purdue, especially with the emergence of Brandon Newman and David Jenkins here over the last five games. Um, that that's huge for them because Fletcher lawyer, something is off there. He's either injured or his legs are just totally shot and his confidence is gone. Um, but if you can get David Jenkins, those pick and pop threes that he was hitting at the big 10 tournament, that's huge. That's huge. Whereas IU, they, they struggle with, I don't know how to put it. Somebody, I heard somebody put it perfectly. Like when they, they lost to Penn state, Penn state kind of shook things up and changed things up on them. And IU struggled making the adjustment to combat that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, cause I, that should have been a game. IU wins walking away, to be honest. Now, if you look at like Andy Katz's bracket, he actually has Penn State making a run to the Elite Eight, which bold. Um, but you got to go bold sometimes with the with your brackets. But it, I and he's got IU making the Final Four along with Purdue, um, and which could be could very easily happen, especially yeah. if Houston's star player is still out. I mean, we saw what happened to Houston this past weekend in their conference tournament championship game against Memphis because of that, that one missing player. So I don't know. It's going to be tough for, I think if I had to close my eyes and make just a gut pick, I think right now IU, if I had to pick like, you know, I, I don't know. Cause it's, it doesn't go, it goes against my bracket. I, I'll say but I think IU has a stronger chance and an easier path to make it farther. Yeah. I don't know, it, kind of a cop out, but well, I don't I, think they'll make it farther, but they have the better opportunity to make it farther. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I completely agree. And I know it sounds like erroneous because it's like, well, produce a one seed, but yeah, there's a lot more that's, at stake. They, a, a lot yeah, more. That's a tough path for a one seed. Yeah. That's a yeah. really tough path for a one. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned it. I mentioned it as far as like, you know, what what's potentially in our brackets. So let's not delay that any longer, but we are going to kind of delay it a little bit more because we're going to get to our friends of the show first. We're going to talk about them. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps and your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. Also, before we get into filling out the bracket, I do want to make an announcement. Uh, we, I do have our bracket challenge up. Uh, as we've done in past years, I put it on our Facebook page as well as our Twitter page said to listen to the podcast tonight. Um, and so, uh, basically what we're going to have, um, make sure you get your brackets in by noon. Um, it's on our ESP it's on through ESPN brackets. Um, so make sure you go click that link. It's going to be pinned, uh, at least for a little bit longer until of course I pin the, uh, the podcast from today. Um, but, uh, make sure go click on that link. No password or anything. You'll get in there, fill out your bracket. Um, make sure you do that by Thursday, and make sure you're subscribed to the 3C Media YouTube channel. Um, and if you do both of those things and win, you will get a $20 Amazon gift card as well as a shout-out. 
uh, a shout out on the podcast. So uh, make sure you are locked in there. Make sure you're following us so you can send us a DM or at least send us a screenshot to show that you're subscribed. Um, so that way we can get that all verified. So um, just a little fun tidbit there. Um, so make sure you're locked in. Um, so you can win $20 and you can support the channel. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our brackets here. Um, just before we got into it, I, I thought it might be fun to go back and uh, remember uh, what we had in the Gosh, preseason. You were so wrong. So on a, on a couple of them, I mean, there's, there's two that I think could still happen. Houston and UCLA for me, maybe that's a little bit of a pipe dream. UCLA also has a big injury for them as well. Um, so Houston and Houston has a big injury. So I need my two teams that have injuries to pull through my other two teams, uh, were <laughs> UNC and Arkansas. Those, uh, do not look well. UNC is not in it, but UNC Arkansas, is not even going to yeah, be playing it. Yeah. Season. Arkansas also is a, a little bit of a long shot. You were a little bit more promising. You also had UNC, but you had, Houston, Tennessee, and Kansas. So, but how uh, are we supposed to know that right. you would like UNC was returning so much and they were the preseason number one in the country? And it felt wrong picking them because it's like, oh, that's the that's the easy pick. Like, it, apparently not. It says <laughs> like, a lot about the expectations and how far they fell short, and the fact that they're not even going to the NIT. They're like, you no, know they, what? They turned down the NIT. Well, so they're not going. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's right. what I mean. Yeah, they're. They're yeah okay yeah I get I get what you're saying now I was like yeah they're not I, you said what I said but no I get what I I get how that sounded yeah no they they got offered and turned it down they're not going as in they don't want to go not as in they right. weren't invited um so yeah that's that tells you all you need to know uh but what we're gonna do here um we're gonna go through each region back and forth I'll go through my south Beast gotta go through his south and so on and then we'll get to our final four and championship predictions uh so let's go ahead and get into it South region. Uh, for me, my first round looks as followed. Uh, you've got Alabama moving on. Not going to waste a whole lot of time there. Alabama wins that game. I've got number eight, Maryland over West Virginia. The Terps have a few more quality wins over teams like That's Purdue, i.e. Miami. Game. Yeah, it is going to be a good one. Uh, the Mountaineers, though, are under 500 versus the top 25 in their conference. So I'm just not super inspired uh, by the Mountaineers there. I've, you know, I've been hearing a lot about Charleston, but I just don't like them over number five SDSU. So I'm going with San Diego State. San Diego State has won 10 of their last 11 and is top 10 in defensive efficiency, which is key in slowing down Charleston's high paced offense. Uh, so I'm going San Diego State there. I am going to get into an upset here, though. Give me number 13 Furman over wow. number four Virginia. Wow. The Paladins average 82 points per game, which is eighth in the country. They have the SoCon player of the year, Jalen Slauson. And I mean, what a story. Look, when you go into these tournaments, it's a free for all. So I like to pull for the stories. I mean, they're in the tournament for the first time in 43 years. So I, I think they make a little bit of a run. Give me Furman uh, in that game, the 13 seed moving on. Uh, another upset here. I've got number 11 NC state over number six Creighton. Uh, this matchup is really close when looking how these two teams stack up. Uh, they're off. They're offensively and defensively. They're about the same. They had a similar win percentage versus the top 25 and their uh, conference. Um, and in their conference. And uh, they also have, they both, both also lacked uh, a considerable amount of depth depth. Um, so I'm going with the uh, wolf pack here. I, I have a hunch about that game. Uh, give me number three, Baylor, over number 14, UCSB. Uh, not a whole lot to go into there. 
Uh, like NC State and Creighton, uh, number 10, Utah State, number 7, Mizzou, is another toss-up for me. Uh, similar points per game, similar records in their conference. Utah State is one of the best offenses in the country in terms of offensive efficiency, and that coupled with uh, the Tigers' rebounding woes, I think I'm going to go in. Uh, I'm going to go Utah State here. So Utah State with the upset over Mizzou. Um, and then I've got number 2, Arizona, over number 15, Princeton. In the round of 32, I've got number one, Alabama, over number eight, Maryland. Uh, not talking, not taking out the uh, number one overall seed quite yet. Um, and then I've got number five, SDSU, over number 13, Furman. The Aztecs, like Charleston, uh, like they did to Charleston, will slow down that opposing offense. The Paladins, that's so good. Um, and I, I don't like either of my NC State or Utah State hunches well enough to have either of them knocking off the two or the three seeds. So uh, Arizona State and Baylor both move on. And then in the Sweet 16, I've got number one, Alabama, over SDSU. Uh, Finally, the Aztecs have met their defensive match in the Crimson Tide, and the Bama offense is just better. Also, number one teams have an 82% win percentage um, against the number five seeds in the NCAA tournament. So give me Bama there. And then I've also got number two, Arizona, over number three, Baylor. The Wildcats won the Pac-12 tournament. And they're a more completely a more complete team than Baylor is, in my opinion. Uh, so that brings us to my South final. It's Arizona versus Alabama. It's so close, but I've got the Crimson Tide moving on. They've got a slight edge in point differential and strength of record. Um, the SEC was the stronger conference and slightly stronger than in years past. Um, so I think Alabama, number one overall seed, more battle tested. Arizona's got some things to like. They're a good team as well, but I've got Alabama representing the South in the final four. Wow. Okay. Okay. I see you. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to run through mine here uh, with occasionally given some reasons behind certain things. All right. First round, I got Alabama advancing over the play-in um, game with the, with the 16 seed. I am actually going number nine, West Virginia over Maryland. This one's a, a big toss-up for me. Um, I think this is probably going to be one of the better first-round games that we see. But I don't know. Maryland seemed to stumble a little bit here as of late. So I, sometimes it's just all about how you're feeling about yourself when you get into this tournament. I'm going West Virginia. I am going, though, with the 12 seed Charleston over San Diego State. I it's one of those things, you know, you got to pick a, a good upset somewhere. So I'm going with that one. I um, like, just like you said, Greg, you've heard a lot about Charleston here recently. And if you're hearing about them on a national level, that means probably means some good things. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. I don't have as much faith in Furman as you do. I think the experience of Virginia in the NCAA tournament uh, prevails here. I do have Virginia advancing on. In the 6-11 matchup, I am going with Creighton just because of the size that Creighton brings to the table and Ryan Kalkbrenner. Um, I think that's going to be a, a huge difference in that, and they just went through a gauntlet of very, very physical play within the Big East. I think that better prepares them. The three-seed Baylor and 14 UCSB. I'm going three-seed Baylor there. The 7-10 matchup, I've got Missouri advancing over 10-seed Utah State. And then in the 216, this one's pretty self-explanatory. I have Arizona moving on to the round of 32. 
So the round of 32, the first matchup I have here is one seed Alabama versus nine seed West Virginia. I'm going Alabama here. Alabama's really playing at a high level. Um, they are basically playing themselves against the world. It's kind of their mindset right now. Everybody's wanting to see them stumble, uh, but I don't think I don't have that happening quite yet. 12 seed Charleston versus four seed Virginia. I got give me Virginia in this one. Charleston's got a good team. They can make a good run, but uh, Virginia's coming off the same kind of style of offense, high powered that they did against Furman, and they're going to be facing it against Charleston. I think Virginia's style of play, where they like to slow it down and be pretty methodical, that uh, puts a stop to Charleston. Six seed Creighton and number three seed Baylor. I am going with Baylor. This is still a team that's got a lot of experience in the NCAA tournament here recently. I mean, they're not too far removed from a national championship. So Baylor moves on. Seven seed Missouri versus the two seed of Arizona. Give me the Wildcats of Arizona to move on to the Sweet 16. All right, Sweet 16 time. Here we go. One seed Alabama versus four seed Virginia. This one's going to be very good. It's going to be the high power... uh, athleticism, strength in Alabama versus the slow it down, be methodical and play smart basketball, Virginia. Give me Alabama here. Uh, I just think Brandon Miller right now is playing at a really, really high level and it's going to be a really tough team to beat. So I got Alabama advancing on to the elite eight, three seed Baylor versus two seed Arizona. I'm going with the number two seed Arizona Wildcats here. Uh, they are flying high, playing really good basketball right now, coming through the Pac-12 tournament. Yes, I know UCLA had some injuries and they even lost another player during the tournament, but Arizona is, has been consistently in the conversation as one of the top 10, top 12 teams in the country, has a very solid resume. Give me Arizona to go on to the Elite Eight. So my Elite Eight in this region is definitely chalk, one seed versus two seed. I know that the likelihood of that happening is very slim, but give me Arizona here in the sweet or the elite eight. I think eventually Alabama comes crashing down to earth a little bit and they, and they run into a buzzsaw right now in Arizona, who's playing very confident as well. Um, I just, I like what Arizona has been able to do. They had to go through a, a little bit of tougher challenge in their conference tournament than Alabama did. I think that better prepares them for this run. I got Arizona advancing to the final four. Yeah, Wildcats versus Alabama. That's a toss. Could be a fun one. I mean, one. it's yeah, it's you can't go wrong either way. I I wait it. It's one of those things where you you fill out the bracket, you get to that matchup. Finally, you're like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. It's you you got reasons to go for either one. So I like it. So you got Arizona. You have Arizona. I've got Alabama. Now moving on to the East region. Uh, first round, I have uh, Purdue over the winner of Texas Southern and Farley Dickinson. Uh, Farley Dickinson didn't win their conference tournament. It was Merrimack who was ineligible uh, to make the tournament, but they won their bracket. I mean, um, t- uh, tough for Merrimack there, but Farley Dickinson's a team that gets in. Texas Southern finished under 500. Uh, so I like we said earlier, I think if you're going to get one – uh, matchup for 16 seeds. Uh, I think that's the better one. Um, you, I've got number eight Memphis over number nine, Florida Atlantic Memphis uh, has the better resume with wins over Houston, Texas A&M and Auburn. Um, I've got number five Duke over number 12, Oral Roberts. I so badly wanted to go with Oral Roberts here, uh, but Duke has understandably the better resume. If Oral Roberts had any redeeming wins on the resume, I would have pulled the trigger there. Um, and I did in some of my other brackets that I've filled out. Um, but I, uh, but this one, the one, the one where it counts, 
Uh, I did not go with Oral Roberts to do what they did to Ohio State a few years ago. Um, number four, Tennessee over number 13, UL Lafayette. The Vols are second in BPI with wins over Bama, Kansas, and Texas. Um, I've got Kentucky over number 11, Providence. Uh, the Wildcats are one of the better rebounding teams and is in the tournament. Uh, one of the better rebounding teams in the tournament, uh, and Providence is one in five when losing the rebound battle. So um, I'm going with Kentucky there. Uh, K-State over number 14, Montana State. The Wildcats are top 30 in terms of BPI. Uh, that's uh, the power index there and was above 500 against the top 25. Montana State is 108th in BPI. And then because I don't have any upsets really um, in this uh, part of the bracket, um, I'm going to go with number 10, USC over number 7, Michigan State. Um, I don't have an upset, like I said, and uh, you know I don't like to go all chalk. So Trojans, you're up. They're top 50 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, I've also got Marquette over Vermont. Uh, in the round of 32, uh, number one, Purdue versus number eight, Memphis. Uh, like I said before, this could be a stumbling block uh, for the Boilers, but I think Zach Eady will be the difference maker here. The Tigers' biggest strength is inside the arc, and they struggle with rebounding. Which, ergo, Zach Eady, one of the best, one of the one of one of, if not the best player in college basketball, able to uh, contribute in both of those categories to slow down Memphis. Um, so I've got the slight edge to the Boilers. Number four, Tennessee over number five, Duke. Uh, the Vols have a sweet 16 resume, and they've been more impressive uh, overall this season. They move on. Uh, I've got number six, Kentucky over K-State, the three seed. Um, I think Kentucky is a little bit more polished where K-State tends to turn the ball over and get a little bit more sloppy. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to the Wildcats, but the Wildcats wearing blue not the ones wearing purple. Uh, and then number two, Marquette moves on over number 10, USC. Two seeds are nine and one since 2015 over 10 seeds. In the Sweet 16, I've got number one, Purdue, over number four, Tennessee. The Boilers are one of the best teams in the country when it comes to offensive and defensive efficiency. They're also a strong rebounding and free throw shooting team, which is key as the tournament goes along. Uh, Purdue is more buttoned up uh, where the Vols um, – or a little bit more buttoned up than the Vols are. Um, so boiler up one more time. Uh, Tennessee also one of the one of the one of the teams that struggles uh, from the free throw line, which I think will come into play uh, as the tournament wears on. And then finally, I've got number two Marquette over number six Kentucky. Look, the Golden Eagles are just the better team, and I think this is where the road ends for the Wildcats. Um, and then in the East final, you know. We, we do a lot of tournament previews on this show, you know, whether it comes to the NCAA tournament, we do it with the girls and boys high school basketball tournaments. We do it with uh, the uh, football tournament as well for, uh, you know, the football state tournament uh, for the IHSAA. Whenever there's a game in the regular season where two teams have played and it was close, I just fade that result. And, Marquette and Purdue played a close game. Uh, Marquette lost by five in the regular season. So I'm going Golden Eagles here. Um, I think Marquette gets Purdue back. They get the win, knock out the one-seeded Purdue. Purdue gets all the way to the Elite Eight, but still can't get to the Final Four. Give me the Golden Eagles of Marquette. Yeah, I mean, this bracket's tough. This is a tough, tough bracket. This is probably the toughest one in the entire tournament. All right, let's dive into it. Purdue's advancing on to the round of 32. That's easy. I actually have FAU over Memphis. FAU has a seven foot one center, and Memphis doesn't have, quite have the size to keep up with that. Um, and I don't know. 
uh, everybody, I think Memphis may potentially overlook FAU because right now everybody's picking Memphis over Purdue in the round of 32. I think Memphis trips up right out of the gate. Duke and Oral Roberts, give me Duke. Duke is playing some of the best basketball in the country. What they did, they ran roughshod through the ACC tournament last weekend. I mean, that was an unbelievable showing that they put on. Um, that's a scary team. They got, they're moving on. Tennessee versus Louisiana. Oh, I really want to go with the Raging Cajuns here, but Tennessee is Tennessee. I mean, this is a, a consistent team here. Uh, so I got them moving on. I actually have the upset here, number 11, Providence over Kentucky. I don't have this utmost faith in Kentucky. Here recently, they just, I don't know, there's just something about them. I feel like Providence's physicality is going to give them fits. And I just, I, I don't know why. I just, I'm, I really have a, quite a bit of confidence in Providence right now. K State, Montana State. Hey, if this was uh, football, I might be going Montana State, but this is on the hardwood. Give me K-State. Michigan State and USC, I think Michigan State's out to prove something. They looked really bad in the Big Ten tournament in their one game that they played. I think they are they got embarrassed by that, and they got something to prove. Move them, them on to the round of 32. Marquette and Vermont, easy one. I got Marquette. Marquette's probably, again, alongside Duke, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Round of 32, here we go. I got Purdue advancing over FAU. This will be an exciting one because of the size at center between both teams. It could be uh, a, a good matchup here, but I still got Purdue. Um, I just think Zach Eady is such a sound player, and it's that's going to give uh, FAU center some fits. Duke versus Tennessee. This is going to be a good one. This is probably going to be one of the better ones of this bracket, uh, but... It, it it's easy to pick Tennessee here because I don't know. I I'm not hundred percent sold on Tennessee completely at this point due to, I mean, they didn't look great in the uh, SEC tournament. I'm going with Duke here just because Duke, it looks like they flipped a switch. Those young players have gotten more experience. They're playing much, much better uh, than they were at the beginning of the season. Give me Duke to advance to the sweet 16. Providence and K-State. I'm taking Providence again here. Um, like I said, I'm really high on Providence. I think they make a good run. And then Michigan State and Marquette. I think Michigan State has, an, has a chance in this game. But Marquette is just too good. I'm, I'm moving to Marquette on to the Sweet 16. All right, Sweet 16. The rematch that everybody forgot, hap of, that everybody forgets happened back in November over Thanksgiving weekend, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Purdue versus Duke. Um, this one, everybody's very pick, quick to pick Duke to come out of this bracket, uh, but not so fast. I still think the inside presence of Zach Eady and the inability for Duke to consistently have an outside shot um, or a shot beyond the perimeter is very is going to be challenging for them. So I got Purdue advancing onto the Elite Eight over Duke. Providence and Marquette, this is a tough one. These are conference foes here. They know each other very well, but the one team that was actually putting up a fight against Marquette for the Big East crown was Providence. I think Providence gets the job done here, and they move on to the Elite Eight. Elite Eight, Providence versus Purdue. 
this is good. This is good. This is good, a good matchup. Uh, Providence plays some pretty strong physical basketball. Purdue sometimes struggles with that. Not sometimes. They struggle with that uh, a lot, uh, especially here recently. But I think the presence of Zach Eady, he's playing at a really high level right now. Zach Eady is going to pick put this team on his back, and that's kind of what you need at this time of year. Look, back in 2019, it was Carson Edwards who basically helped Purdue get as far as the Elite Eight. But now I think the inside presence of Zach Eady gets them over the hump for the first time in Matt Pater's tenure, and Purdue is headed to Houston for the Final Four. Hey, I, I would love to see that result. Uh, we'll see if it happens. Moving I hope on, it happens. Yeah, I th- I, yeah, it would be really cool to see that. That's that's the bracket I have the least confidence in. If I, if I had to rank them, that's my least uh, confident bracket right it's, there. It's going to be so tough. Um, looking at the Midwest, um, we'll get into that here. Other side of the bracket, the right-hand side of the bracket. First round, number one, Houston over Northern Kentucky. Number eight, Iowa over number nine, Auburn. It's simple. The Hawkeyes are hot. The Tigers are not. Um, I've got number five, Miami, over number 12, Drake. Uh, Isaiah Wong helped lead this team to the Elite Eight last season, um, and I think he'll do some damage again this season, so Miami moves on. Um, I think number 13, Kent State, could upset number four, IU. I think it could happen, but but don't worry, IU fans. I'll put a butt in there. Don't worry about that. Um, tr- uh, <laughs> but, the, com- um... the, cur- the combo of Trace Jackson Davis and Jordan Hood Shafino will be just too strong. Give me the Hoosiers. Um, I think Pitt beats Mississippi State in the play-in game, um, and they upset number six Iowa State as the 11 seed. Um, I've got number three Xavier over number 15 Kennesaw State, uh, or number sorry number 14 Kennesaw State. Uh, Kennesaw State to me is interesting because on the one hand Xavier has a lot of tournament experience. Uh, Kennesaw State, this is the first time ever that they've made it, so I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage for Kennesaw State that no one really has a book on them, but I think ultimately Xavier moves on. Um, Number 10, Penn State over number 7, Texas A&M. Look, the Nittany Lions made a strong run through the Big Ten tournament. They came two points shy of beating Purdue. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I, I like what Penn state's doing right now. I think they're going to, you know, at least win one tournament game here. Um, and then I've got number two, Texas over number 15 Colgate round of 32. Do I think Iowa could beat Houston? Yeah, I think they could. Uh, but I'm not super confident in that result. So give me Houston, uh, number four, IU over number five, Miami. Uh, it could go either way, but this is a Hoosier team that had the 11th best strength of schedule versus, uh, versus what the hurricanes have, which is the 68th. In that category, the Hoosiers also are better in terms of BPI. Um, I've got number three, Xavier, over number 11, Pitt, and number two, Texas, over number 10, Penn State. Then we get to the Sweet 16. Um, I think Jamal Sheed versus TJD will be fun to watch. That'll be a fun matchup, um, but I think the Cougars are just a bit more complete, and I like their resume just a little bit better than I use, so give me Houston to win there. Um also, they were one of my final four teams, so I can't really bail on them uh, in, in the tournament. Uh, both Texas and Xavier both great boast great offenses, uh, but Texas uh, is just better defensively, so I'm going with the Longhorns there. Um, and uh, um, um, I'm, I do uh, – let's see, did I, did I get the two ahead of myself? No, okay, here, I lost my spot there for a second. You know, I hate myself for doing this. Um, I have three – matchups of number one versus number two so far hook them horns yes. um so it's going to be texas uh versus houston 
in the uh, Midwest final. Uh, but I think I do think the Midwest final is where Houston falls. Texas is hot right now. They were winners of four straight heading into the madness with two wins over Kansas and a win over TCU as well. So they were really getting the job done. The resume overall is better. So I've got Texas headed to Houston uh, for the final four. So Texas, the two seed uh, advances. All right, here we go. Midwest. I got Houston beating Northern Kentucky. Iowa over Auburn. Look, Iowa, which Iowa team are we going to get? The one that lost to Ohio State or the one that almost finished second in the Big Ten? Auburn is not playing really good basketball right now. That That's a team that I don't think can pull the upset. So I'm, give, I'm going Iowa there. Miami versus Drake. Give me Miami. Indiana versus Kent State. Kent State's head coach used to be an assistant at Indiana under Kelvin Sampson. Um was also one of the reasons Kelvin Sampson got caught cheating, but different story for another day. <laughs> um, so I still, I have Indiana advancing over Kent state. I just think the combo, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, give me Indiana. No, no explanation needed there. Iowa state versus the play in of Mississippi state and Pitt. This is going to be an interesting one. This is interesting, but I'm going with Iowa state. I just feel like they're playing pretty good basketball right now. Um, so yeah, Penn State and Texas A&M. Oh, I so I, I I'm going with Penn State, but I really wanted to go with Texas A&M because I think it would be a fun matchup between Texas A&M and Texas. Obviously, I have Texas over Colgate, but I just thought, hey, good rivalry. Uh, but it's going to be Penn State. Penn State's going to wants to get that bitter taste of coming so close to the Big Ten championship win, and um, they take it out on Texas A&M. All right, round of thirty-two. I have Houston over Iowa. Houston is too well-rounded of a team. Um, and the, the the strength of Houston is going to give Iowa fits. Miami and Indiana. This is a tough one to pick. I It could go either way, but I feel like Indiana is a more sound team than Miami is right now. Um, Miami, I, I don't, I'll be admit, I don't know much about Miami. I haven't, I don't, I haven't watched too much outside of the big 10. Uh, but I have more confidence in Indiana right now. I Oh, actually, I, I skipped Xavier in the first round. I had Xavier moving on to the round of 32. Uh, but Iowa State versus Xavier. I am going with Iowa State here. Xavier is one of those teams you don't know what what, what team you're going to get uh, game to game. Um, but I feel like Iowa State's playing a little bit more consistent, so I'm going with Iowa State. Penn State versus Texas. Sorry, Nittany Lions, but Texas is you're running into a buzzsaw in the Longhorns right now. They're they're playing some really good basketball. All right, sweet 16 time. I have Houston beating Indiana. However, if the injuries are still an issue for Houston, this could very easily go to the Hoosiers. Uh, but right now, I'm going Houston, but that could very easily change. That's one you want to put it in pencil. You don't want to put that one in pen. Um, and then on the bottom half of that bracket, Iowa state versus Texas. Give me Texas. Again, the Longhorns are just playing too good at basketball. All right. Houston versus Texas. Here we go. This is going to be a fun game, but give me the Longhorns to advance to Houston and play in their home state for the final four. Hey, I mean, this is the only one we've I mean, been in the this one, so this one could have, I mean, it would be interesting if Houston advanced to the Houston final four. Just yeah. gonna put that out there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, teams that have kind of lucked out in that category, you know, first and foremost, I think of Butler playing in Indianapolis. Um, I think of Michigan yep. State playing in uh, Detroit. Detroit. Um, so it, it's happened and it would be cool to see. Um, the only one we've agreed on so far, Texas coming out of the Midwest. So Texas is just really good right now. Oh, yeah. In I mean, what the, they did to Kansas, what they did to Kansas was well, the fact that they did it like twice in a short amount of time, too. It's not like, yeah. you know, they beat Kansas on like something fluky earlier in the year and then beat them again you know, close late in the year. I mean, they, they played very well in those games. I mean, they, they are the reason Kansas is not the number one overall seed. Right. Yeah. So that's it. it what they've done in the last few weeks has been pretty impressive. Now looking at the final region here, we've got the West uh, in the first round. Speaking of Kansas, I've got them over number 16, Howard. Uh, didn't want to pick the upset there. Uh, number eight, Arkansas over number nine, Illinois. I don't even care to get into the specifics here. Uh, give me one of my final four teams. Uh, I, I got them moving on to the round of 32. Uh, so I, I was going through the bracket and I realized it's one of those things where you just kind of realize you forgot to do something. And then, so you just kind of make it happen in the final little bit. I don't have a 12 over a five. So I guess that happens here. Um, I've got VCU upsetting St. Mary's. Uh, these two teams are darn near identical when it comes to offensive and defensive average. Um, you know, defense is uh, both teams strong suit, so it'll be a fun matchup. But like I said, don't have a 12 over a five. So VCU gets it done. I do have another upset here. Number 13, Iona getting the win over number four, UConn. Rick Patino has a team in the dance. The Huskies tend to get into foul trouble, and Iona has the most accurate free throw shooter in Walter Clayton Jr. Give me they're the Gales, right? Iona Iona's yes. the Gales. So Iona moves on. I, I kept, when I was filling out my outline, I kept wanting to put Gales there, but I was like, I'm probably wrong, and I just never looked it up. So I was nope, like, you got that right. Cool. Um, I've got number six, TCU, over the winner of ASU in Nevada. I've got number three, Gonzaga, over number 14, Grand Canyon. I've got Northwestern over 10-seeded Boise team that uh, kind of backed into the tournament. They they struggled late in the year. Um, and I've got number uh, two, UCLA, over number 15, UNC Asheville. That's another team, UNC Asheville, that a lot of people are, are raving about um, as a potential upset team. And, I mean, UCLA does have some injuries going into the tournament, so that one could be a, a potential uh, potential big upset. But I still have UCLA. Uh, moving on there round of 32 i have um number one kansas over number eight arkansas the razorbacks have lost eight of ten versus top 25 teams so it doesn't really uh, uh have a lot you know going for them there um i have more confidence in iona than vcu so give me number 13 iona to make the sweet 16 uh gonzaga is a better team offensively um than tcu so i don't think tcu can keep up gonzaga moves on there and number two ucla just lost one of their biggest contributors in jalen clark they're three and four versus top 25 teams northwestern on the other hand is four and one versus top 25 teams Give me the Northwestern Wildcats. Give me the purple and white to get the win over UCLA. Uh, the Wildcats have stepped up in big games. I think they beat a banged-up UCLA team. Give me Northwestern there. In the Sweet 16, I think number one, Kansas ends the Cinderella run for Iona. Um, and again, the Zags face a team that can uh, play defense but can't keep up with them offensively. So that sets up a West final of Kansas and Gonzaga. Um, a team has not won back-to-back tournaments since 2005-2006 with Florida. Uh, Gonzaga is just a much better team on offense than Kansas as far as their stats uh, pan out. And also, you know what? I've done a lot of one versus twos this entire tournament, and I feel absolutely disgusted. Give me Gonzaga to move on. 
to the final four. I think this is where it ends for Kansas. Uh, you know, just for whatever reason, defending your title has just been too tough uh, over these past, you know, 15 or so years. Give me Gonzaga to move on out of the West. So you and I have quite some agreement. We have some differences in this bracket, but some good agreements. I have Kansas advancing to the round of 32. One of our Give agreements. Me Art- yep, that's an easy <laughs> one. So. Give me Arkansas over Illinois. I don't like the way Illinois is playing right now. They're just too wishy-washy. I mean, this team, I don't know. They don't have it much. Even though we're at the end of the season, they still don't have that team chemistry. It's just weird. I don't know. I am going with St. Mary's over vcu i know a lot of people aren't that high on saint mary's but look they they're good they're a good team are they final four team no but they're a good team um so they they you know i think i feel like some people are saying they don't deserve that five seed i think they do they they had a pretty solid season so people are always down on saint mary's i feel like going into the i think it's because they're the only team that can give gonzaga a run and they come and we all bash on gonzaga's conference yeah how easy it is for them so we can't people can't backtrack on what they're saying about the conference by saying oh yeah we like saint mary's but saint mary's is a solid team mm-hmm. like i think people don't respect them also or think too highly of them because we just don't see them we don't see them play because they play so late at night whereas we all see gonzaga play during the non-conference seasons, we all know what Gonzaga is capable of and what they, who they have and what they look like. We just don't know St. Mary's. Yeah. But I got St. Mary's advancing to the round of 32. UConn and Iona. This is a tough one. Your reasoning made me almost want to change it, but I'm going UConn. Um, Yeah. No real reason. I just, I don't know. All right. Moving on. TCU. I have them advancing. That's an easy one. Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon. Give me Gonzaga. Northwestern versus Boise State. I kind of wanted to go Boise State here, but Northwestern is playing pretty decent basketball this year. And then UCLA, give me them over UNC Asheville. All right, round of 32 time. I have Kansas advancing over Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is playing that great of basketball. They just so happen to get an easy first-round matchup in my mind against Illinois. So I got Kansas advancing to the Sweet 16, where they will meet St. Mary's. I, I, I got St. Mary's over UConn. Like I said, don't sleep on them, but not Final Four team, but still, they can make a run. Give me Gonzaga over TCU. Gonzaga's rounded back into form from or what they looked like earlier in the season when they got basically thrown off the gym floor against Purdue as well. Um, but I think Gonzaga is playing much better. So I got them advancing to the Sweet 16. Give me Northwestern as well over UCLA. There's where one of the ones we agree on. Um, I think Northwestern is playing really well. UCLA's the injury bug has bitten them. And that's going to be, that's going to hurt them by the time they get to the sweet 16 or to the round of 32. So I got Northwestern moving on to the sweet 16. All right. Sweet 16 time, Kansas, you're headed to the elite eight yet again. No, no need for explanation there. And then sorry, Northwestern, your Cinderella story, um, comes to an end. Like I said, Gonzaga's playing much better basketball right now than they were earlier in the year. So give me Kansas versus Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. In the Elite Eight, I have Gonzaga over Kansas. Um, After what I saw Kansas do against Texas, how they pretty much laid an egg, uh, that made me much more confident in my pick with Gonzaga here. Um, 
you know, Gonzaga knows how now to get to the final four. They even know how to get to a national championship game and come so close to winning a national championship. But I got Gonzaga making it to Houston to play in the final four against Texas. So I guess that my final four is Arizona versus Purdue and Texas versus Gonzaga. Yeah, I was going to say, our, uh, I don't know what you – you can interpret what it means for your bracket as far as being in alignment with mine, but I was like, we agree totally on the right side of the bracket with Texas – and Gonzaga, but we disagree on the left that's side. The side of, that's the side of the bracket that I feel the most confident in. Yeah. I, it, Texas is playing really well right now, and the fact that you know we there hasn't been a repeat champion. I think there hasn't been a repeat champion since uh, Florida. Florida, Florida, oh six, oh seven, back yeah. in oh yeah, or oh five, oh six, no, yeah, five, oh six. It was oh five, oh six because no, North Carolina was oh six, it was yeah, six, oh six, oh seven. That's right because it went North Carolina, Florida, Florida, North Carolina. I think yeah, so. they they won it. Um, my the first time was my spring break of my senior year of high school, and then they won it my freshman year at Purdue, which that was a big deal. I, we all watched that game. A bunch of us watched that game closely because of our high school buddies, Greg Oden and Mike Connolly playing for Ohio State. State against Florida. And I think Ohio State actually beat Florida earlier in the season that year, too. I don't remember. I, I, if I remember correctly, they did play against each other and they, and Ohio State beat them. But, because yes, that it was that run that uh, Purdue almost knocked off Florida in the round of 32 after they knocked off um, Arizona when Chris Kramer was hitting buckets from his knees <laughs> against Chase Buttinger and the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, we're so we're in agreement on one side of the bracket. Um, you know, we're we're not in agreement on the other side. Let's go into our final four now. Um, I'll go. I'll do my final four national championship. Then B Scott, you'll go. Um, so my final four, like I said, uh, it's going to be number one, Alabama versus number two, Marquette on the left side. Give me Marquette here. Uh, they control the game so well. They're up tempo offensively, but they can slow you down on defense. Uh, give me the Big East player of the year, Tyler Kolick and the Eagles here. The Golden Eagles advance to the national championship game. Uh, and then in the final four, uh, or on the other side of the final four, number two, Texas, and number three, Gonzaga. Finally, the Zags meet their match offensively with the Texas Longhorns. Texas also won the regular season matchup by 20, and while that was by almost 20, and while that was in Austin, it's essentially, I mean, it's, it's basically another home game for Texas. So um, I go with the Longhorns there. It's one of those things where, you know, we talked about looking at regular season matchups as they played each other. Look, if Gonzaga had lost by three, I'd be going Zags here, but they got absolutely housed by Texas earlier this season. So give me Texas there. So that gives us a national championship of Texas and Marquette. And when I kind of put the pieces together on what this game would necessarily mean, oh, I was so giddy. You know me about making, uh, you know, off the wall predictions and, and, and tying, yeah. tying, you know, strings together. I'm like that Charlie day uh, gif. Where he's, you know, <laughs> what's what's got the, the whiteboard yeah, with all the yarn? Yeah, what's what's the name of the guy? Like something Silvio. What Pepe Silvio? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've got Pepe Silvio on the board. You know, Shaq is smart. The head coach of Marquette. Once upon a time, and I say that like it was a long time ago. It was literally a couple of years ago. Was, yeah, he was the head coach at Texas, and in his first season at Marquette, I think he beats. 
his former team to give the Golden Eagles their first title since 1977. Give me Marquette to cut down the Nets in Houston. They beat Texas for the national championship. Shaka Smart beats his former team from a couple of years ago. Can we give Texas props here for how they've turned their season oh. around and how well they've played after the the turmoil with the firing had, of their coach? And yeah, they've had coach they, issues of their own. <laughs> I mean, talk about just absolutely insane. All right, my final four. I have number two, two seed, Arizona versus one seed, Purdue. You know, I'm, I'm going with Purdue here on this one. I think the size of Purdue is going to give Arizona some fits. Um and it seems like for Purdue here this season, well, first off, one fun fact, Purdue is actually undefeated in neutral court games this year. So there you go. But um, I don't know. I feel like Purdue was kind of, it's kind of starting to turn it around. And I think they kind of revert back to what we saw them look like in the non-conference schedule. Look, the big 10 is a gauntlet. The big 10 plays such a physical style and I don't think that is going to be that that's going to happen in the NCAA tournament that kind of in that sense that favors Purdue like you're not going to see Fletcher lawyer go up for um, a layup and get completely laid out and no fouls be called Um, that's just an example Um, but give me Purdue to advance to the national championship Two seed Texas versus three seed Gonzaga, just like yours. Except I am going with three seed Gonzaga over Texas. Look, like I said, Gonzaga was a totally different team at, at the beginning of the season uh, when they played Texas last. I mean, this is going to be a tough one because the home crowd is going to be rocking for the Longhorns in Houston. But I just feel like Gonzaga has rounded into form nicely and. Texas is good. Texas is really good, and they're playing really hot right now. But eventually, sometimes when you're playing extremely hot, the steam runs out after a while, and I think that could potentially happen here. And um, also with Texas, they live and die by the jump shot. And I think Gonzaga will play some solid defense. Mark Few just gets his teams to play so soundly. But that's why I got Gonzaga advancing to the national championship. All right, my national championship is... Number one seed, Purdue, versus three seed, Gonzaga. This is another rematch from the month of November. Um, this is going to be a fun one. This would be a, is totally going to be a fun one. I think this one plays out more like the hype surrounding or the excitement surrounding Purdue-Gonzaga the first go-around in November, where it was like, oh, this is going to be a fun matchup, uh, Zach Eady versus Drew Timmy. Um, and it that time around, it didn't go like everybody thought everybody was hyped about. Um, I do still have Purdue winning this game, but this is going to be an exciting game. Uh, I just feel like, I don't know. Purdue is also one of those teams here recently that the year after they had, there was high, there's high expectations on them is always seems to be when they make their best runs. And I feel like this team is better set up to make a deep, deep run than they were even in 2019 because of the inside presence of Zach Eady. And you got the emergence also of David Jenkins and Brandon Newman. Look, 
that's going to be tough. And then the fact that Brandon Newman is probably right now one of Purdue's two best perimeter defenders, his defense is giving teams fits. I mean, look, he pretty much held Bo, uh, yeah, Bo, no, Jay, or Pickett from Penn State. Uh, I want to say Bo Pickett. I had a wrestler named Bo Pickett when I coached. So, <laughs> but, um, and it, then you put in the fact that Ethan Morton is also one of Purdue's top defenders. It it's it's going to be tough for some teams to really score a lot against the, these Boilermakers because of the defense that they play. Um, so yeah, I got Purdue as my national champion. And Craig, I have to thank you for not even picking Purdue to make the <laughs> Final Four because of the crash kiss of death. Hey. So that way. Now we know Marquette is not making the Final Four or winning the national championship because because Craig Crash Collins has picked Marquette to win it all. West Lafayette rejoice. Uh, And uh, Milwaukee, is that where they are? Is that where Marquette is? Is No, they're in Marquette. They're like... Northern Wisconsin. Oh, they're in Wisconsin, right? They're they're in Wisconsin. They're close to the Upper Peninsula. Huh. Well, regardless, they're, they're way north. They're they're not happy with me. Uh, West Lafayette is happy with me, and there you have it. Marquette for me winning the national championship. Uh, B Scott has Purdue winning the national championship. It's gonna be. I have to. I, I have to. Right. I mean, you gotta you gotta stay true. I originally, part. I'll tell you, when I was doing, filling out my bracket, I originally had Alabama winning it all. And I was like. <sighs> It's really tough dirty. this year. This year, yeah. Alabama to win that. <laughs> this but year, I feel like Alabama's gonna stumble. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's really tough. It's really tough. This is a very tough year. So I I don't blame you for going for anyone for going back and forth and trying to see because it's it, it's anybody's game and it will be a ton of fun to watch. Well, that will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for tuning in, listening in. Make sure you go follow us over on Facebook. Like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Go follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. Go on over to the YouTube channel if you missed our IndyCar preview. I know the season started, but uh, that's the most recent video, so go check that one out if you missed that, giving out some of our predictions there. Um, After a wild week at St. Pete a couple of weeks ago for them. Um, Also, 3C Media over on TikTok as well. Uh, Go show some love. Uh, And remember, you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course podcast. You can find me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. B. Scott, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. Now, next week, we will be back. We'll be talking about the boys' state finals for basketball. It's already time to wrap up that season. Um, It's been a wild tournament on that end as well. One tournament begins, we talk about it. Another tournament ends, we talk about it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get into the weeds there. But until then, have a good one, everybody. Oh, one more time, reminding. I almost forgot. I knew I forgot something. Make sure you sign up for the tournament challenge. $20 gift card. Make sure you're subscribed. Let us know uh, that you're subscribed. Um, and you can get a shout-out from us as well as a $20 gift card. Make sure you look at that on our social media as well. Have a good week, everybody.